This podcast is brought to you by the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. Recently, the New York Times published a group of letters to the editor on the subject of police brutality. Wharton Assistant Professor of Legal Studies and Business Ethics Rob Hughes was one of the people published in this group, and he joins us now to discuss his commentary. Rob, great to have you with us today. Thank you for your time, sir. Thank you for having me on on, on the air today. Thank you. So first, I guess, give us, the listeners, a synopsis of, of what you said and what you feel can be done. Well, it was a very simple letter. It was three sentences. Um, uh, the, the idea is um, right now it looks as if uh, any time uh, police uh, can arrest people, um, there's there's some danger involved in arresting in arresting people. Uh, that's especially true in the United States, given our history and our current um, uh, uh, situation of racism. Uh, but I think it's true any time uh, that an arrest happens. Um, an arrest is an inherently violent act. Uh, so let's think about when arrest is appropriate. Does it make sense to have a violent response to minor uh, nonviolent crimes such as uh, public drinking uh, or turnstile jumping? Uh, I think the answer is that's, that's not a proportionate response. And one thing we might do to reduce violence in policing is to limit the power of police to arrest people for um, small offenses such as us. And so you mentioned a couple of examples, but what else would would qualify in that uh, realm in your mind of of nonviolent minor offenses? I would think uh, I think there's there's a long list of what are called quality of life offenses, um, and those are what what's actually arrestable is going to be vary from jurisdiction to jurisdiction. What's even punished? I mean, public drinking isn't illegal everywhere. Um, but things like being in a park after hours, uh, public urination, public camping. Um, offering or soliciting sex, I would say I would include in there uh, drug possession without intent to distribute. You know, there's a whole a separate conversation that the, the nation needs to have about uh, um, uh, what our drug laws should be. Um, but I would think I would consider uh, possession for uh, for personal use in that minor category. Um, then there's some really I think tricky cases when we're talking about property crime. When does when does property crime cross the boundary from serious that merits uh, an arrest to something that might not be serious. How much then do you believe that that potential new training can be it can play a role here? I think new training is certainly going to be important. Um, uh, uh, but um, uh, I'm, I'm skeptical that um, mere, if we don't, I'm skeptical that if we, that changing training without changing the law is going to solve the problem. I think, um, uh, if we have the same rules for when, uh, police can arrest people and also the same rules for when, uh, police can be held liable, uh, for excessive force, uh, I, I'm not, I'm skeptical that, that merely changing training would be enough to, to deal with the problem that we're facing. So then what do you think can be done with the, the actual departments and the police themselves? Well, well, my proposal, I mean, there are lots of things we need to do. There's no one solution. Um, and my letter was suggesting just one thing. Just don't let the police arrest people for, the, for, those, for these minor crimes. Consider it if they bring, and, and then how would we enforce that? It wouldn't have to be, it would have to be more than a training to enforce that. It would have to be if, um, if, if uh, police brought someone in for public drinking where it's not illegal to do that, that would have the police officer who did that would have to face some consequences. 
Um, the person who was brought in would have to be maybe you know, immune from any penalty for whatever they were arrested for. Um, we could have various, uh, various incentives to make sure that police don't arrest people for things they're not supposed to arrest people for. But are, are you talking about, you know, in using the, the case of public drinking, uh, of the differentiating between, you know, drinking in public and, and, and public intoxication? Uh, you know, I'm 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 not sure what to say about public intoxication, but there certainly is a difference between being intoxicated in public and um, and merely having an open container uh, in public. And I I truly do not see any good reason even to have a law against <laughs> open containers. Um, but given that we've made a public decision that we do want those laws. Maybe the best way to enforce those with, is with tickets, and that might be the right way to deal with um, public drunkenness, too, given – okay, I think that we, we don't want drunks in public, but we have to think about the lives of drunk people. Can we um, – of course, drunk people aren't drunk all the time. Um, uh, can, can we – arrest people for public drunkenness safely? Is that something that our police are able to do? And um, if the answer is no, doesn't, don't, doesn't human life matters more, matter more than the quality of life harm of, of seeing people drunk in public? S- similar then, I guess, to some issues of, uh, uh, of drug use, illegal drug use, uh, that, that would be normally uh, instances that, that people would be arrested for? Uh, possibly, I mean, I, I, um, I, these are very, these are very hard issues. Uh, but I'm skeptical that um, uh, that a uh, that a forcible response is the right response. Um, and uh, I think we have to think about a justice issue here. Um, if uh, people are doing something that isn't a threat to other people, now there are some forms of intoxication that are threats to other people. But if the, if the way that people are intoxicated isn't a threat to other people, or it's annoying, but it's not dangerous, um, is a is a violent response is a violent response appropriate? And again, uh, even when arrest goes well, it is a violent act. We're joined by Rob Hughes, uh, assistant professor of legal studies and business ethics uh, at the Wharton School. What kind of I- impact? I-, I would think that there's a variety of options that that could occur if you do kind of take some of these elements off the uh, off the table. And part of it, I guess, would be to kind of try and build relations with members of the community by not having the uh, the, the 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 jail option on a lot of these uh, lesser offenses. Yeah, I think I think that would be part of it. I think a lot, you know, a lot of people are talking about what uh, social uh, what social services we need we need that we've defunded. We're talking about defunding uh, the police, and that means different things to different people. Um, but uh, one of the issues that there, is that there are other programs that have been defunded and that maybe need to be refunded, um, meaning funded again. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, and um, uh, we need to think about, you know, if someone is having a mental health crisis, um, then we want someone who's trained in dealing with uh, mental health uh, to be dealing with that crisis. Um, right. And um, uh, there was a, there was I, I can't remember which police chief uh, made this comment recently, but this video has been uh, circulating a lot. A police chief said, look, the police have been. Uh, given too many tasks, you've been asked to respond to too many different kinds of problems. 
Uh, and um, maybe what we need to do right now is remove the police from dealing with certain kinds of problems that don't require the kind of weapons and training that police have and turn them over to other public officials uh, who have the right kind of training and the more appropriate resources for the kind of problem that they'd be addressing. Rob, thanks very much for your opinion. Greatly appreciate it for uh, joining us. Thank you, sir. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Rob Hughes, uh, Assistant Professor of Legal Studies and Business Ethics at the Wharton School. To keep engaged with Wharton Business Daily and other Wharton School shows, visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.